What's up, friends? Welcome to Peloton. We always work this hard because we are Peloton, and together we go far. Remember, you are not alone. I'm right there with you. Progress, not perfection. You've done the hardest part. This is Peloton. Hey, everybody. What's up, friends? I am Tunde Oyenade, and welcome to Fitness Flipped, a Peloton Studios original. It's a show all about flipping the script on the things we think we know about fitness. Our theme this week is endurance and perseverance and how we keep persevering through the roller coaster that is fitness and life. Earlier this week, we had the chance to speak with an endurance expert, Dr. Carla Mayan, and my friend, my soul sister, and my fellow Peloton instructor, the incredible Queen Robin Arzal. We talked about how to build a new relationship to discomfort while always focusing in on our joy. And it got me thinking about what else always helps me to endure and persevere within tough times. And it's hope. So we're turning to one of our members for some inspiration on how to keep hope alive, baby. Jess Morales Roqueto is a longtime social justice organizer and progressive political strategist who is now the chief of Moonshot Strategy at Equis Research. You guys, on a daily basis, Jess is reshaping how the world understands Latinos in America and making sure that her community understands its power. It's a huge job with big rewards and, like all great things, big challenges. So how does our member Jess keep persevering? Well, here she is to tell you about it. And we went to the people of this country and we said, in whichever way we could, help us, we need your help. And they responded. The question I have for them is, uh, why would that kind of work be ridiculous? Who are they fighting for? So I'm a community organizer, and that's not like organizing your closets. Um, It is the work of getting people to take collective action on the things that they care about. At its core, in community organizing, we really believe that one person can make a difference, but you can't create the kind of change that we need to solve really big problems in our society, like racism, like people not being paid what they deserve, like immigration reform without lots of people coming together. I think of my job as motivating people into their purpose. What do you care about? Why do you care about it? And what are you going to do about it? (laughs) Because there are lots of opportunities to change things in our society, but often people do not take the opportunity. They hit the wall and they're sort of like, this is somebody else's problem, or I don't know how to do that, or that seems really hard. And those things are all true, but there are also anecdotes to the problem there. There are things people can do to take action. Those problems are difficult, but the only way we will solve them is if people get in the game. In my work as an organizer um, and as somebody who is trying to get lots of people to take action together, I firmly believe that motivation is at the core of how we think about our lives, ourselves, and basically everything that we do. So when you're doing something hard, and it can be like getting 10 more minutes on the bike or lifting for two more seconds or... Also, like, 
trying to reunite families like I do in my work, right? There's lots of gradients of, of things that are difficult. Ultimately, you are tested and asked to go beyond what you believed was possible. And that moment of choice is, I think, like one of the most powerful forms of human expression. And then not only that moment of choice, but then to say, I am pretty sure that this is going to push me past my limits and that it will be difficult, but I will do it anyway is like the definition of endurance to me. And that moment of choice, I think, is one of the most powerful things that we can do as people in the world and also that we can do for ourselves. Because when you embrace opportunity and recognize challenges and have that specific choice and you decide to try anyway, oh my gosh. So I think sometimes people think about like hope or overcoming things or resilience as like Pollyanna or like positivity. And I don't think about it about it like that at all. Positive things can happen. And in fact, I, th- I think often do happen when you make that choice. But for me, that moment of choice feels like going up against a wall. And when you get up against that wall, you can sort of like put your hands down and say, well, I guess we're stuck here. Or you can start looking for what do you do? Can you go over it? Can you go around it? Can you go underneath it? Can you go through it? And that process of kind of looking at the wall and saying, well, now what, I think is is the, the number one thing that I can feel because it's very jarring to come up against that wall. That feels not good, maybe even negative. It, it feels like an obstacle. And then you there's a moment where you sort of like pause and say, okay, now what? To me, that's the place where possibility and opportunity live. You start to sort of say, well, who is the person that can change this? What are the things that will make them respond? How do I engage with that? Do I have the direct line to that person? And a lot of times, and I think like most importantly, it's yourself. The first step is making that choice as an individual to say something is wrong in the world and I need to change it. Or like, I think a lot about my experiences on the bike. I think a lot about exercise because, you know, there's a point where you're like, okay, I want to graduate from 30 minute rides to 45 minute rides. Or we got out of the warm up and now we're moving into like the bulk meat of the ride or, you know, or my arms are burning and I need to like lift more. I All of that to me is like, that's the wall. Then there's the moment where you like look at the timer and you're like, I still have 20 more minutes. (laughs) You know, can I do 20 more minutes? And the answer is like almost always yes. Because you don't have to do 20 more minutes. You maybe have to do like 10 more minutes or like five more minutes or even like 20 more seconds. And that relationship between sort of what's the solution to getting past the wall And then how you decide to do that, I think, is like the tools that you need to create endurance. Because sometimes it's a really big problem. In my life, in the work that I do every single day, I'm trying to solve like really big issues in our society. I'm trying to do things that literally have never been done before. And then also like sometimes I'm just trying to like get everything done on my to-do list or like make it through a rut, right? Like just sort of take the moment And then you have to start moving. 
And when you're in motion, that is how you start to find like possibility. Otherwise you could get stuck and it's really easy to get stuck. In fact, the most likely outcome is that you're gonna get stuck. So you have to accept that also, which is part of the process. I think back a lot to the summer of, of 2018 when we had the crisis of children being separated from their families at the border. And we found out that the United States government had no record of these people. And we had to go find them. And we had to go find their parents. And we didn't know who they traveled with. Some of them were as young as three months old. That is a big challenge. <laughs> it is very difficult. Not only that, but it's it's not like there's a handbook for how to change the world or a handbook for how to reunite family. That doesn't that doesn't exist. <laughs> That's just not how it works. In that moment, I remember thinking, well, what now? <laughs> so I read some books about similar situations. I talked to people who'd organized in other countries around family separation in their context, in their country. I looked at other programs that were somewhat similar. And then also, you know, you sort of like say a prayer and cross your fingers and hope things work out for the best. There's no way to provide total certainty in the work that I do. In fact, the most likely outcome is that you probably will not be successful. And so you have to kind of Give yourself over to both the vision that you have and the activity that you're kind of engaging in with others. And when you do that, it actually allows you to take yourself out of it entirely. It becomes not about you, but about something so much bigger than you. And when it becomes about something bigger than yourself, I think I really believe deeply anything is possible. Anything uniting 500 families that we don't know where they're from we don't know who they came with we don't know what's going to happen the trauma that comes from that over time changing laws changing our society all those things are totally possible because you're never alone it's never about you it's all about other people and what we can do together that's so powerful to me when you have a big goal it can be very difficult to see the path forward. I mean, I said this before, there's no playbook for how to do what I do. You're trying to make something that has never happened happen in your life and in the world, in your community, in your state, in your country, whatever. So to do that, you have to have a vision for the future and then also some kind of path that you're trying to walk on to get there while also recognizing that mm, you probably won't do everything that you want to do in your lifetime. So I think a lot about the like near term, middle term, and long term. What am I doing this for? Is this for the long term? Is this for like five or 10 years from now? Is this for this year? Is this for this day, this moment? And the reason that I think that that's important is because sometimes setbacks can feel existential. But they're not. 
You're not, you know, it's like, I, I think about this all the time on the bike, particularly when I'm trying to do like 45 minute rides. I have a really hard time doing 45 minute rides. That's like my Waterloo. I want to get to 45 minute rides. That's my long-term goal. Let's try to get to some 45 minute rides. But like right now, <laughs> I'm trying to like get to the 20 minute ride, get through the 20 minute ride. You know, like that's just, that's where we are. Getting through the 20 minute ride is the path towards the 45 minute ride. I don't know how long that's going to be. I'm not really sure when I'm ready for that, but I'll, I'll kind of know it when I see it. And part of that is doing where we are physically and emotionally present in this current moment. You got to get through 20 minutes. And then like at some point, 20 minutes starts to feel very doable. And then at 20 minutes maybe even feels easy. I haven't gotten there yet. There's never, it hasn't been easy. <laughs> But I think that like you have to kind of listen to both your self and your body. And then you also kind of have to ask yourself, is that putting you on the path to where you're trying to go? For me, I always try to stay grounded in my goals. But in organizing, there's a woman named Grace Lee Boggs. She's a prophet, basically. She sees the future almost. It's like hard to describe, but she talks about what time is it on the clock of the world. And I always ask myself, what time is it? When you understand where you live, what I call location, how you locate yourself in that ride you're on, in the community you're in, in the change you're trying to make, you can get clearer about where you're trying to go and what you need to do to get there. But you have to constantly be making that assessment. If you don't do that, you will absolutely get off course. You will absolutely not make it. You will absolutely hit the wall. And so that's why I think you have to be super, super grounded in where you're trying to go and then be very rigorous in how you get there. So what Jess is saying is to always locate yourself, know yourself, and then locate where you are in relationship to your hopes and your future. And then you'll always stay grounded in that hope. I love that. Thank you, Miss Roqueto. And girl, I see you getting back on that bike. You guys find Jess on the leaderboard at Jess Moe. Road. Give her a high five when you see her. She's working hard. She's working hard. She's got hopes and she's been located. You've been located, girl. We're finding you on the leaderboard. How about that? For this week's challenge, let's do a little assessment. Let's do what Jess says to do. We're going to get clear on our specific goals and our hopes for the future, not just in fitness, but also in life. So here's what I want you to do write down your goals. Then write down three things you're going to do to get closer to said goals. So maybe that's an extra workout this week. Maybe that's finally giving meditation a try. Maybe that's getting connected to your community in a new way. Volunteering your time. Reading a book. Tell me about it. I want to know. Find me at Tune to Tune Day and at One Peloton. Hashtag fitness flipped. Friends, it's a great day. Go out and be great. Fitness Flipped is a production of Peloton Studios. 
It is produced by Amy S. Choi and Rebecca Lehrer of the Mashup American. Our senior producer is Sarah Pellegrini. Our development producer is Alana Levinson. And our production manager is Shelby Sandlin. Fitness Flip is sound designed by Pedro Rafael Rosado. Original music composed by Jen Kwok and Jody Shelton. Special thanks to Jen Cotter, Janie Herbert, Laura Petro, Amanda Hill, Danielle Mills, Tony Calandra, DJ John Michael, and Alexis Duncan. <laughs>